Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Sitting in that bus, it was like I was exactly where I wanted to be, doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic championship. Ready? Welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Hello. Hello, Allison. Allison, it's coming. It's coming. I can feel it. Oh, the flame has been lit. We are getting closer and closer to Pyeongchang. And today we are going to talk about the beginning of the Olympic torch relay. What yes, do you got, Allison? And the, the flame was lit in Olympia, Greece this uh, this week. And unfortunately, it was cloudy, and yet they managed to still create the flame from the sun's rays. So, how does that work? Because here, okay. t- how how does a torch get lit on a on a regular normal day? On a regular, they have this fantastic ceremony with the high priestess, you know, an actress playing the high priestess at the temple of Hera, and she uses your favorite toy, the parabolic mirror, to light the Olympic flame from the rays of the sun. And it's actually quite cool, you know, to, oh, yeah. to, to watch do it. It's really cool. It's no, There's no trickery involved. They really do it. So I guess this year it was cloudy, and they have a backup flame that they light during the rehearsal, and they sort of hold it in, I don't know where. in Storage? In, I don't know, inside the temple, inside a column. And, you know, when needed, they brought it out. And that's only happened a couple of times before where on that day they didn't have enough sun. So this was, this was pretty uh, exciting that they had to uh, bring out the backup flame. It, it was. And uh, let's take a little listen to the audio of the ceremonies. As our founder Pierre de Coubertin once said, the Olympic Games are a pilgrimage to the past and an act of faith in the future. Well, the weird flute music. 
was such a good part of the ceremony. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we've got the ceremony, and they've got um, dignitary speaking, and that takes up about half an hour. And then, then they do the flame lighting. Okay, this is, to me, this is like the Disney World version of ancient Greece. Because they have the women dancing and they sort of move the flame around and the costuming. It it just feels very, we're going to do all the trappings of what we think ancient Greece was like. But it's fun to watch. And it is it is fun uh, to, uh, to see how they do this very uh, elaborate ceremony just to get this torch lit. Right. And it's in Olympia, in the old, the ancient Olympic grounds. So that's really cool. And then they move back to... Hera's temple and yes. then the, the all all of the priestesses come out and they have the big ceremony where they light the flame and then they bring the flame out to the back to the Olympic grounds have a little like dance presentation and then it's time to get the torch relay started which is like the worst interpretive dance <laughs> from like the the early 80s with the whole costuming and the in the sandals and it definitely took me back to my very early dance shows. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And and then once once they're done dancing, it's time for the torch relay to start. So yes, they've got the interpretive dancing. They get some kids holding olive branches, and then it's time to present the flame to the first runner. Yes, and the first runner this year was oh, I get to ruin a Greek name, Apostolos Angelus. I think that's right. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, he, I thought he was, oh, he is a skier. He's a skier, cross-country and biathlon. that, that, you know, rare breed of Greek skier. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he then is handing it over to, who is this? Oh, Park Ji-sung, who is a South Korean, which makes sense, and a former Manchester United soccer player. And then from there, they do a couple of days in Greece, around Greece with the, uh, with the flame, and then it's going to hang over to South Korea for 101 days this time around. Along with running, it's going to travel. I love how this goes. It's going to travel by turtle boat, Huang Po boat. I hope I said that right. A zip line and robot. You know, if you were the person chosen to zip line, how cool is that, right? <laughs> no, I kind of want I, the the Huang Po boats are really beautiful, but I think. There's a certain amount of paper involved in those, so I'm a little concerned. That they would go up in flames? Well, I mean, paper and a torch just does not seem like a good idea. <laughs> so if it goes up in flames, we will we will do a program on that. <laughs> not that I'm wanting that to happen, which, which would segue perfectly into the theme for the uh, Pyeongchang. Oh, right. Uh, Relay, which is let everyone shine. (laughs) That would make a big shiny moment, wouldn't it? (laughs) Are we going to play some of the song? Yes. I've got a theme song for the Torch Relay, and I'm sure it's going to be be played ad nauseum in Korea while on the Torch Relay. So whoever, I do feel kind of bad for whoever's like... uh, on the staff side and they have to hear this over and over again over and over again but, it's sort you know. of like the um you know when i was in high school and i worked at a department store during christmas and there was the same loop of oh, music right, right. Yeah. it's the same thing yeah so exactly. I, I i do feel for these people but let's take Very a listen cool. 
I felt so bad because it was like in the 60s, 70s, or it was like in the mid 60s, temperature wise. And they are all dressed up in the big winter kit because the the uh. Pyeongchang torchbearers are all wearing this very, very cool snowsuit. It's a, a jacket and pants that's white with yellow accents. And then they have a winter and it hat matches to go the, with you. Yeah. And it matches the torch. It's, right. It's a, it is very, I like it. Yeah, I gotta say, it's I like very that cool. fashion choice. Um, but it just looks so hot compared to all of these priestesses who are very cool looking in their Hellenic pleated gowns and <laughs> sleeveless and all of that. <laughs> and sandals. Yeah. Right. They were naked under those coats. You think? I, I would have been. <laughs> you know, and if I would have been, then, you know, that, that well, that would have been smart if they were, because if it was 70 degrees and they got to wear the hat and everything. Did they? Yeah, he did. Yeah, have he the did. Fuzzy he had the hat on. on. But they don't have to run for to... very long. So I'm guessing that, it's you know, you, you start and you, you run for your three or four blocks and then you take the hat off right away but not in front of the cameras no of course not of course not get back in the bus back in the bus <laughs> back in the bus so we are starting off on another leg of olympic history and how how does this torch relay compare to you know how did this torch relay get to where it is today yes how did this rather strange tradition uh get started because there is no evidence that this was a part of the original Olympics way back in ancient Greece. Um, they sort of invented this. And the flame, in fact, there's no evidence that it was part of the ancient games. And it didn't make its debut until the Amsterdam Games in uh, 1928. But the torch relay was the, an idea of Dr. Carl Diem, who did a lot of design work for the 1936 Berlin Games. He got the idea from Plutarch and looking at a lot of Hellenistic artwork, and he thought that uh, a torch relay made sense. And at the time, torchlight parades had become very common and popular in Germany. Uh, the original idea was not to use a torch. It was to use fennel stalks, which would have smelled very nice, but would not have been very practical. They would wow. have burnt. I know they would have burnt the runner, but. <laughs> You know, running through the streets with burning fennel would have smelled really nice. It would have. Uh, that first relay, <laughs> yeah, that first relay lasted for 12 days. And, of course, then after 36, we've got the long break of the Olympics. Yeah, so did you find out in your research how they went from fennel to torch? Uh, n no. I, the fennel was just one of the ideas okay. that they floated. I think they went for total practicality. They wanted to be able to see the flame, uh -huh. and they wanted it carried through um, the uh, the streets. But I don't think they wanted to look like you know angry villagers with <laughs> pitchforks and you know. How can we how can we carry this flame? I know. <laughs> Let's burn some fennel. <laughs> it would have been lovely, but yeah, not very practical. They decided in 1948 to bring it back. It was very popular uh, at at 36. 
And de Coubertin, the original, uh, not inventor, but developer of the modern games, was there when the first uh, flame was lit and put his blessing on it. So they really liked this idea. And what they did in 48 was the flame traveled all across Europe from Greece to London and was called a relay for peace. And they wanted to include many of the countries that had suffered so much uh, during World War II. And then from there, it just started to grow uh, and became a symbol of the Olympic movement. Uh, the next big step was in 1952. The USSR was finally going to participate in the Olympics, and the Olympics were going to be in Finland. So they had the torch relay go through the USSR uh, into Finland. So it's been used to bring countries together. It's also had some real problems. Um, runners have been attacked during the relay as early as the 36 uh, relay. Happened in 48, and there's been threats made to the runners pretty much every time since. Uh, two runners in 2008 were grabbed and actually tackled during the relay despite being surrounded by security. Um, and I read a very funny article where one of the women who was attacked all she kept saying, all she kept doing was trying to hold up the torch so that the flame <laughs> would go out. I, and I'm thinking, if I'm getting attacked, um, and all of that was related to uh, protest against China. Uh, oh, interesting. Having the uh, the games in Beijing. After 2008, the IOC has discouraged uh, international routes for the uh, torch. So Pyeongchang, it's going through Greece, and then it's taking an airplane right to South Korea. Um, there's also with, been problems keeping the flame alive, so to speak. Uh, in 1972, the torches were very poorly made, and they kept having to relight them. And that was okay, because they keep a spare flame in a lantern that travels with the torches uh, during the relay. Didn't quite work out so well in Sochi. Uh, the torches went out 44 times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> One time on national television, right near the Kremlin, and it was relit by a soldier with a cigarette lighter. Awesome. I bet I bet the yeah. IOC was really happy about that. Yeah, that was that was not one of the brighter moments. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the interesting ways that the uh, uh, flame has traveled. Of course, there are runners, but it has gone plane, train, automobile, bus, bicycle. Rowboat, speedboat, yacht, canoe, helicopter, horseback, motorcycle, wheelchair, skis, space shuttle, and even satellite in 1976. The electrical impulses, I guess, were beamed from Greece to Canada. So it has traveled into space. It has traveled underwater during the um, uh, Sydney relay. Sort of Which put is in impressive. A which is impressive because it is a flame. It has been swum across several bodies of water. If you really want to see people going above and beyond, just Google swimming the Olympic torch and you see people holding the torch up in one arm and swimming with oh, the wow. other. It is it is frightening. Um, this year, like we said, it's going to be 101 days, which is it keeps getting longer and longer um, throughout. Uh, in, 80, in 1984, they made it 84 days. The past several Olympics have been 100 days. Pyeongchang wants to go big with 101 days. Uh, so, and it now has a song 
the songs came in at about 2002 with, you know, shine the light, carry the flame. It's sort of like the worst American Idol title. (laughs) And yeah, so that that's another YouTube uh, rabbit hole I do not recommend. Well, I'm excited for this torch relay, and and I don't think we're we're not going to see much in the news about it just because of our geographic location, and probably a lot of the coverage will be in Korean. But we know that the flame is alive and in our hearts. Um, <laughs> well, it's always in our hearts. It's always alive. It's in our hearts. It's what causes the fever. But uh, we did talk to somebody who has carried the Olympic flame, and. Uh, they had a great experience with the Salt Lake City torch relay. Here's Craig Perlow. The theme of the Salt Lake City Olympics was light the fire within. And for its torch relay, the torch bearers were nominated because they were an inspiration to others. The Salt Lake City Organizing Committee, or SIC, chose one third of the torch bearers and relay sponsors in Chevrolet and Olympic Winter Games, Sluke received 50,000 nominations for torchbearers, while Chevy and Coke both received more than 125,000 nominations. This was for a total of 12,012 torchbearer positions. Atlantan Craig Perlow was one of Coke's selected torchbearers, having been nominated by the Director of Volunteers at the Atlanta-based hospital, where he donated his time. Here's his story, and we've condensed this interview a bit. I actually had to do something civically uh, and have, I guess, some other little hook that the organizers thought would be appealing. And my other hook was I'm an Olympic historian and a major Olympic collector. Um, and between that and the volunteer work, they, you know, they, they picked me, and I was very flattered. And actually, Coca-Cola then asked me to speak for them at a pre-torch relay news conference at Atlanta City Hall about a month or two before the torch relay began, and that was kind of neat. I mean, I was also involved with pre-torch relay festivities that were being held at a large Chevrolet dealership, because Chevrolet supplied the pace car and the special Corvette Z6 that went around the country that celebs in each city signed. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, uh, the local NBC affiliate did a three-minute evening uh, news story on me on their six o'clock news the day before the relay that my mom and dad saw live with me oh. it was the greatest it was just oh, the that's greatest. really cool yeah, yeah. so i you know um, you know that's from it, it all goes downhill from here <laughs> <laughs> so do they give you a uniform oh yeah no yeah they give you a uniform uh so okay. so day of relay for you they load you into a bus uh, I get up early in the morning, I take Marta to uh, Centennial Olympic Park mm-hmm. where the kickoff was going to begin and had, oh, it, was, it was awesome. Um, uh, I, think it was, I think it was Bonnie Blair. Uh, she, yeah, she was with the, the flame from Athens that landed at uh, Hartsfield Jackson. She got off with the lantern and eventually it got to the park and then, um, um, then uh, Governor Romney, I think, had some words to say. And, Oh, right, because he was the head of the... Uh, yeah, slot, he was slot, slot, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then the relay began. And I think, uh, well, I think I was uh, zero, I think I was the 63rd runner that day. 063, I think, was my sticker number. I think, I think that was it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, my mom and dad are gone now, so that was... Uh, <laughs> excuse me. That was a very 
emotional things for me. Yeah. So. Did they put you on a bus? Uh, and they... Well, there was a, uh, what did they call it, a staging area, which okay. happened to be the venerable and very well-known in Atlanta varsity drive-in restaurant. Oh, right. Okay. And that was our meeting point. So I think there were probably eight or ten of us. Uh, they met, we met there. We got on the shuttle bus, and then they drove us out, and then they started dropping people off. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's kind Drops of how So you just kind of stand there and wait. And you know what was your... really cool about the bus? It was especially designed, it was like a shuttle bus like hotels would provide to the airport, but it had special racks <gasps> above each person's seat for their torch. No way. <laughs> how cool is that? <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there, and I, I kind of wanted to just pinch myself because... This meant so much to me. I mean, just the fact that I was chosen, because it's not like, you know, the, the thing about this relay was that, like I said, you actually had to kind of do something. Yeah. I mean, you kind of had to earn it. It wasn't like just a lottery as it became later, where you had to be just lucky. I mean, I felt very lucky, but I also felt like, you know, maybe I right. did something to, you know, earn this. Um, but um, sitting in that bus, it was like I was exactly where I wanted to be doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. It was like, it was, it was just a, an it moment for me. I, I and I'm sure other people who were the torchbearers, but nobody had my background right. with the Olympic movement. So it, I think, quite frankly, it meant a lot more to me than it did to the other people. Um, so anyway, that's my story. Right. And then you run, okay, so they take you around. Yeah, they, you they, your, what, what, what was it like seeing the flame coming towards you? Um, you know, it was great. It was great. I, I, I am a runner, so it's like two blocks. I wanted to go as slowly as I could. Uh, it still only took about just a few minutes. You can check out more pictures at Craig's website, olympianartifacts.com. We'll have that in the show notes. Um, we also saw the Salt Lake City relay when it came through Chicago when we were both living in Chicago, Allison. Do you, yes, do you we remember did. that? I remembered very clearly. I also remember that we saw it actually twice. Oh, that's right. We left, we saw it on one side, and then we sort of scooted straight across town, and they did more of a U, and we saw it come up the other way. So we got to see a handoff. Yeah, yeah, that was, was really cool. cool. That was very cool. And, and, we have... and it was emotional to watch. Right, and we got little flags that say, I saw the flame, because Coke yes. was sponsoring it, so they were handing out flags yes. to everybody. And then, do you remember, because um, my husband Ben asked me to say, what I, he remembers of watching the flame was when you gave your flag away. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, there was that man, and he was upset he didn't have a flag, right? Yeah, yeah. And I gave him my flag. Right. That's, I had forgotten that. Yeah, oh, there was, a, funny that there was a homeless that. guy that was lining up with all of us, and yes. we had little our little flags, and he really wanted one, and you gave your flag to him so that he could join in. He was like, Ben oh. thought that was really nice. Oh, wow. So. I did something so sweet, and I didn't even remember it. <laughs> I was one, you know, it's funny when we were talking about the show a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the planning and I was saying, I didn't remember what happened to the flag. And that's funny. It's because I didn't, I didn't have it. So right. now I know what happened to it. Ben remembered what happened to my flag, but we did get to see the truck. I mean, the, yeah, we the saw little, the truck. 
that came by and we saw a handoff and we saw the flame run by and it was just it was a fun night and then they had a it big, was fun uh they were having a big olympics roadshow festival thing at navy pier so we went over there and hung yes. out and saw what our tried to figure out what our olympic sport would be and uh, my olympic and... sport is watching <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great that was a great night it's really fun to see the flame go through your city and it's um yeah it's really fun it's a great experience. It's a great way to be part of it in, right. in kind of a very local way. Right. So I hope that people in Korea really enjoy it and, and come out and see it. Excellent. Well, now it's time for trivia. So okay. do you go, are you going first this week or am I going first? I, I don't know. You go first because my – uh, yeah, you go first. You go. I go first, huh? All right. My question for you this week is – what countries have hosted both the winter and the summer games? There okay. are eight of them. Oh, there are eight. Okay. Yes. So let me, oh, okay. Oh, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. So we've got, um, obviously the U S Canada. Um, are we counting USSR? And yeah, Russia? I counted it. Yes. Okay. So that's together. Um, Japan. Yes. Uh, Korea. Well, are we counting Korea? I am counting Korea. That's that okay, is the that's... impetus of this question, or okay. the re- oh. that is the reason behind this question because Korea okay. Korea yeah. joins this short list. Oh, um, France. Yes. Right, Paris and um, San Moritz. Uh, no. No, San uh, Moritz. Chamonix and, uh, and Albertville. And Albertville. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, Italy. Yes, and one more. Oh. I want to say Finland, but that's not right because I'm thinking Helsinki, but that was the summer games. Nothing south. Is it in Europe? Or it is, is it in, in Europe. It's in Europe. Oh, Germany. Yes. Yay. Yay me. Oh, that was a good question. That was a oh, hard thank question. You. All right. What's I'm rather proud question? of myself for getting <laughs> that. Okay. I have a torch question. Okay, good. So back in 2011, there was a record set for selling an old torch at auction oh yes i'll do it this way what it was it sold for three hundred and forty thousand dollars wow yes because only 22 of these torches were made for the for the relay and uh what games was it from is that the berlin games no that was it that's good but no okay so there are only 22 torches for this. Hmm. 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 It wouldn't be like Placid 1980, would it? A, a very good guess because that was a very short relay. That okay. only went between Virginia and New York for whatever reason. Okay. Is uh, it but... is it winter or summer? Oh, I think it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm like, wait a second. But that, that, that knocks it down. It is it is the, a lesser known. Let's go with that one. Would it be Melbourne? Very close. Not physically, time-wise. Rome? You're just getting wrong way. Oh, and then it's Helsinki. <laughs> it's Helsinki, yeah. Really? Only 22 torches made for Helsinki? Oh, 22 torches made for Helsinki, and it sold for... $340,000. Wow, that is one short relay. Bears. Yeah, that was a very short. So I think what they did 
number one, it was a very short relay. And two, they just... Oh, did they just hand off the torch? I think they handed off the actual torch. Wow. There was not a flame exchange. Oh, that's really Um, interesting. I couldn't find... Yeah, I couldn't find tape of it. Uh, But yeah, it was definitely run. And remember, we were talking to someone at Lake Placid about collecting the torches. Right. And as a uh, as a collectible. And so I thought that was interesting that there is a huge market for the torches. That is fascinating. Well, thank you for that. And um, the next thing, while while Korea is celebrating the arrival of the flame and the torch relay around that country, Team USA has decided to also have a winter fest where they are going around the country to 12 different cities with different Team USA athletes and activities to get fans excited about the games. And s'mores. And s'mores, because it's sponsored by Hershey, so it's Winterfest presented by Hershey's. And, and the s'mores curling challenge, right? It's the s'mores no, curling it's the challenge? No, the Oreo cur- curling challenge. The Oreo curling challenge. Right, and you can win a trip to Park City. So if they are coming to a city near you... All right, so where does it where is it starting out, Allison? Uh, it's going to be starting out at New York City on November first in Times Square. And that one's going to be televised Olympics. too. They're going to televise that on uh, yeah, NBC SN. There's going to be a, a live show and some musical performances, so that'll be cool. So then it's going to the uh, curling trials in Omaha, Nebraska, November 11th. Then it's going to Dallas, Cincinnati. And then for New Year's Eve, it's going to be in Nashville. Then it's going to the U.S. Figure Skating Championships in San Jose. Then going to Squaw Valley. I'm glad they're making a, An Olympic a stop, stop at, the, at the site of Squaw Valley. Then this is my favorite stop it's making, January 12th, the Walmart, uh, 20th, excuse me, the Walmart flagship store in Bentonville, <laughs> Arkansas. And then St. Paul, and then the opening weekend of the 2018 games, it's going to be in uh, Park City, Utah on February 10th at the uh, Olympic Center there. And then during the games, it's going to be in Hershey, Pennsylvania, obviously, as it's sponsored by Hershey, and then up to Lake Placid for the closing weekend of February 24th. So I'm glad they're stopping pretty much in all the U.S. winter cities. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. Which is um, nice. I'm excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm there's a, a whole bunch of athletes will be around. You can try um, a curl. There's going to be a curling challenge. There's going to be something called bobsled boomerang. There'll be which is frightening. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, you, are you going to make me get on the boomerang? Yeah. Why is it not? a thing? Oh God. Not? And well, do and that... not if you really don't want to. I won't okay. force you. Well, to. we'll have to do that before we eat the s'mores. Right. Right. Because they are giving away full, as they tell you, full size s'mores. See, now I, I want to know because my full size s'more is a full double sheet of graham cracker. Oh, really? You do a double s'more first for I've your actually standard never size? made a. I've, I've never made a s'more. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never had a. I have actually never had a s'more in my life. Oh, well, this will be exciting. I know. I've eaten all the pieces, just not all not at once. Together. Mm, they're tasty. So I'm, I'm curious to see how how it's going to be all melt, uh, how melty gooey it's going to be at the same time. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be... Their Olympic challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's their Olympic challenge. 
And on that note, it's time to wrap up this episode. So we thank you very much for listening. A couple of little notes for us. If you have been to an Olympic Games and have a great story about your trip, we want to talk to you. Email us at info at with the subject line, I've been to the games, and we'll get back to you. Also, if you could share the show with your friends, give us a little review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we're trying to get as many listeners as we can. We've only got 100 days to the Olympics, so we want to uh, really build up the fan base and get people excited about the big games in February. Olympic fever, it's contagious! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Stay in touch. Email us at olimfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at olimfever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. It's coming, it's coming! I can feel it!